Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. General content warning, we are discussing multiple cases of abused and missing women and children. Someplace underneath. Amber, will you pronounce that word that I just wrote at the top? Accusation. Okay. Okay, cool. I've just been doing a lot of researching about people being accused of things. And uh, I've heard it pronounced accusation and also accusation. Oh, those are the people that pronounce things like lump or something or vase. They're yeah. just trying to start problems. <laughs> trying to be fancy? Yeah. Maybe. Look, I'm someplace underneath analogy. I'm Amber Nelson. I pl- I say pillow, and apparently that's weird. Instead of pe- pillow, pillow. Pillow. Can you pass me that pillow? Do I say it pillow or pillow? I don't know. I, some people say I say it weird, but I would like to have a bed of at least... I have two pillows right now. I acquire four. So I think me I might... Me too. Yeah. I'm going to go to Marshall's and get two more pillows. I can't sleep. I need I need several. I need some for my head. Some for, I have to have something between my knees. Can't I need a lot of pillows? Oh my god! Just I said throw pillow. Me. I said pillow. Is that different? You said pillow. Pillow. I had to check myself into saying. I think we're right. I think it's okay. I just want to lay in a bed of pillows and puppies. That sounds great. Yeah. I say it poopies though. Poopies. <laughs> um. God. Quality content here. Yeah, we were going to actually start with something that was important, which is we're very excited and supporting of the women in Iran. Hell yeah. My heart's been full watching these women cut their hair, you know, uncover their hair and not because I'm against it, but because women should have the choice. Whatever you want to do, ladies. Whatever they want to do. It's your choice. We love it. And we support that here. I love it. I've seen some videos where like they took off their head coverings and there's like rock and roll music playing. Yeah. It does give me like little butterflies. Yeah. Yes, revolution. I love it. Um, also, female anger is a fun little trope. You know, it's like, and women get angry, but when women get angry, like people get really nervous. It's like you kind of expect a dude to get angry sometimes, like, my team lost. Ah! Yeah. But when a woman gets angry, it's just like, I have to go. Well, yeah, because I mean, we're told to not be angry. It's just be polite. pent up rage. Mm-hmm. So it is a, like a whole different thing when it comes out. I mean, not me. I just have always screamed and screamed. But <laughs> some people are polite. 
And on that note, we are almost towards the end of season two, which is really crazy. I know. I can't believe we've been doing this this long. Can you believe it? We have two more series is after this before the season is over but like last season we wanted to do just sort of a checking back in with some of the people we've covered because you know it's a lot of people and sometimes you want to go check back in and see if anything's changed yeah hopefully they've been found they're sitting under a waterfall they're having some watermelon oh well now this is going to be very anticlimactic oh no not the case i wish maybe someday that would be beautiful. But we do have some good updates, or at least positive directional updates. So let's let's just zoom right into this. So Zion Foster. We started this season out with her way back in March. If you don't remember, she is a young woman from the Michigan, Detroit area. So this is the one where the guy was like, yeah, I killed her, but there's no body found. And then maybe there's an even spookier guy that's under the blanket somewhere. Well, technically, the guy you're speaking of, Amber, his name is Jalen Brazier. And it is Zion Foster's second or so cousin, like a little bit of a distant cousin, I think. She has not been accounted for physically still, but her cousin who initially said he had not seen her, even though Zion's mother knew otherwise, he eventually confessed to what he said was he put her body in a dumpster after she just died in his house. This is one of the stories of the season that has really stuck with me. I think about her a lot because, one, this man, this young man, just said that she died and the police just accepted it. Yeah, they didn't go. Ch- it's pretty easy to go flip open a dumpster top. Like, that's pretty easy to do, dudes. Well, and we'll get into that. There has been searches for her since then. But yes, that they just accepted that there's no proof that he didn't kill her, even proof that she, in fact, is dead currently. We don't have any of that except his word. And the cops just like, took that at face value coming Mm. from this guy who had already lied to them openly. He was only sentenced to 23 months to four years. And two, again, there's no evidence. And it kind of leads me to believe that there's at least a possibility that he was taking this chance for a time in jail over maybe something else that we'll talk about here in a second, which we talked about in that episode. But I have just the worst feeling about all of this. Because she could still be alive. Yeah. You know, sitting in a basement like Jeopardy's playing in the other room and like she hears her name come up on the news and like she's dead and just like, oh, my God, they think I'm dead. Yes. And this is not to crap on her family at all. Obviously, they're going to accept what the police and this man says. It's not because I'm like mad at them. No. But it, it makes my heart feel bad because if she is out there somewhere Her family is kind of, you know, taking this stance that she must be gone. And that is such a heart wrenching thought that she maybe was potentially it's the potential. We don't know anything about this, but it's the potential that she could be trafficked. Right. So my theory, which is just a theory, is that it's possible she could have been given to people to pay off some debt that this Jalen Brazier had. Because he was like a weird guy, right? Yeah, he was really strange. And he had like a whole family that he no one kids. knew about? Yeah, and he was not open about it, but they were 
staying with him. And liked some weird misogyny stuff on the internet. Yeah, he definitely liked that kind of stuff, which in itself, of course, is not a crime, but it's I like think another, it is. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and, and can, you know, incongruent with all these other things. As like a character development, doesn't sound like a swell guy. No, in my opinion, probably not. But it's just not out of the realm of possibilities that she could be somewhere because they still haven't found Jack shit, even though he pointed them to the place he allegedly took her after she died. She was just chilling and then just like keeled over a 17 year old with no health issues. But over the summer and, you know, credit given to certain Detroit law enforcement, this is a slight update. The search for Zion Foster's remains in a Macomb County landfill is in its third month. And with every inch that Detroit police dig, the hopes of finding the remains of the 17-year-old are dimming. On Monday, Detroit Police Chief James White admitted that he's dreading having to make an incredibly difficult decision about the search. White said during a press conference on Monday that the Detroit police officers who volunteered to search the landfill have worked hard through the summer. Our dedicated men and women have volunteered to dig out a dump site for a young child, White said. The reality of it is it has been several weeks, one of the hottest summers in years. So I bet. Yeah. So they have an undertaking, essentially. And I think partly it's due to Zion's family's advocate work. A huge amount of volunteers and employees have been searching this area of a landfill, which they connect to the dumpster where this young guy says that he put her body. So they've traced a lot of the trash from that area to this section of landfill and it seems like it's the correct spot and they've been digging for months oh i don't think she's in there it seems you know again i'm not an expert in this world i don't know for sure but it does seem like it's suspicious that they haven't found any trace of her because a human body we're huge you know five feet tall most stuff that goes in the trash is like bags of chips You know, a Coca-Cola can like you would see a human body. And there are professionals out there, too. So it's not just like some YouTubers are out there like poking a stick at a landfill. It's like seasoned professionals are, are doing this work. So, yeah, it's been weeks and weeks and weeks in the hottest summer in years. The temperature is way off the charts. A lot of people out there, over 100, over 100 people have been doing this for months and They're kind of at a place where it's frustrating to me because the chief is basically saying he's going to have to say soon that they can't do it anymore. Yeah. Understandably, it's a lot. It's very expensive. But it just seems like then he's going, I don't know. Sorry, I guess we're not going to find her. But that doesn't make me feel any better about the possibility of her being alive. Like, it doesn't feel as though they're taking it to the level where higher levels of detectives would be involved in it because they're not putting enough worth into her life. That's Mm -hmm. how it feels to me. Just an opinion, just a feeling. I don't have all of the information, but it seems as though they're not really bothering to consider other options. Like the fact that this man could just straight up be lying because it's easier to do a couple years in prison than to rat out a terrifying drug lord. Yeah, the absence of the body means that there's probably a scarier traffic ring going up. And Detroit is connected. The East Coast has a lot of connections with travel. I mean, you can get to Philly, D.C., Boston very quickly. Mm -hmm. So she could be anywhere. Yeah, and I just don't want everyone to just consider her deceased without 
you know, it's so hard to charge somebody with no bodies, you know, no body, no charge most of the time. And yet they're ready to just close this without a body and just go, he did it. She just died. She just killed over. And then if she died of something that wasn't violent, why would you then hide her body? Like, why wouldn't you call 911? Why wouldn't you call her mother and be like, if she just like had a heart issue, they couldn't blame you for that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't buy it. It's fishy. I don't buy it. I don't know why they're just accepting this. As of mid-August, they were still searching for her with no trace. I'm so thankful to the number of the volunteers for doing this. I wish that I was near Detroit. I would absolutely see if there was something I could do to volunteer to help. Yeah. Her family has been asking for donations because, again, it's very expensive to keep the search up. And I do think that's a good thing they're searching. So part of our donation from this episode will go to her family again because I do think it's really good that they keep searching. I just have such a bad feeling about the truth of that night. And I hope that not everyone gives up on her because we don't know, you know. If you haven't listened yet, go back and check out her story and see how you feel about all of it yourself. All right. Harmony Montgomery. Oh, the little sweet girl. Yeah. So Harmony was a sweet, adorable little girl who bounced between Massachusetts and New Hampshire in various foster care situations and occasionally with one of her parents, both of whom were drug addicts or technically were, I think. One is definitely not because he's in jail and the other one, her mother has been working hard for sobriety. So as far as I know, she's clean. She was working towards reunification with Harmony. Harmony's brother was adopted by a couple. And one of those people in the couple is actually a newscaster and he's well known. So he has been very openly talking about this case and is also in regular contact with Harmony's mother. It was an adoption where she was supportive of it and they communicated and they speak highly of her. So she, while is a very flawed person, I think we can agree, has tried to help her daughter any way that she feel like she could. I mean, that's a better scenario. If you're like, oh, I'm a drug addict and I have a child. I need to fix myself before I can raise this kid. So many people don't. Mm -hmm. They're like, you can't tell me what to do. I love my kids. And they're just like, you know, don't feed their kids dinner. Just like go off for three days on a bender. Well, and that is very much the MO of Harmony's father. So it's a brave thing for the mother to acknowledge that she couldn't take care of her son and she needed her son to have a good home, allowed this new family to come in, take the kid and makes, you know, regular communications with them. That's really mature. And Harmony's father, he's the definition of junk. Um, (laughs) I don't say that lightly. He's a jerk off. He's super violent. And his ego, it seems more than anything, fought to get Harmony in 2019 And he was awarded Harmony. He was awarded custody when she was five years old in 2019. This was a terrible decision made by two competing CPS systems who weren't communicating with one another. And there was no real checks done that were supposed to be done. And this man should not have had custody of anyone, let alone such a defenseless little tiny baby. Witnesses say that he was beating her and he was openly using and he still had custody of her. And I believe three other kids were in the house. What What a level of like narcissism of just like, this is my child and my legion and my legacy. Mm-hmm. And like, but you're really doing nothing for it. You're doing the opposite of 
you're destroying it but you're just like oh i must breed and have all these kids and like just fucking them up yeah for your own ego yeah and god i mean we made like snarky remarks before but it's like if you're shooting up why do you want a bunch of kids there screaming at you just do your drugs if that's what you're gonna do wouldn't that be annoying yeah Obviously it was, too, because he would beat them up. Maybe he just needed somebody who was defenseless to take his rage out on. I don't know. So one of the places that he was staying when he had custody of Harmony in 2019 didn't even have electricity and they were in the Northeast. What? So the last time that she was seen by anybody was late 2019 and no oversight was done by any departments and no one reported her missing for two years. (sighs) Oh, my. She could be anywhere. Two years? We'll talk about the update. So when the father was finally arrested because he wasn't speaking, the mother was fighting like hell, but she didn't have custody of the little girl at that point. The father did. Because the mom was like, I'm a drug addict. Please help me. So she did the responsible thing. But because she went on record of saying I'm a drug addict, now the court system's like, no, 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 no. Yeah, they wouldn't tell her where the daughter was because she wasn't supposed to have custody. And the father was basically spitefully not allowing her to talk to the little girl. And so... She couldn't get information about where this kid was, and nobody checked on her. Nobody. When the father was finally arrested, and they had to get him on, like, I think a technicality because he was refusing anybody to see the girl, he refused to talk about where she was, and to this day refuses while he sits in jail. Now you can't get out of me. Mm-hmm. I know no, I know nothing about my daughter. You gotta do that, but you gotta do it with a New Hampshire accent. Have what do they sound like? Uh, Boston. Boston. Hey, Boston. I don't know where my daughter is. Yeah, yeah fuck you. Yes. Give me some drugs. Yeah. There you go. That's Thanks. Better. So, though no body is still been recovered, when we did this episode initially. There was a lot of concern that he had sold her for drugs and that she was being trafficked. It doesn't look like that's the case at this point, though there has been no body recovered. This is the slight update they have as of August 2022. Investigators believe long missing New Hampshire girl Harmony Montgomery was killed and are treating her death as a homicide, authorities said Thursday. The update came after months of investigation, which led us to conclude that Harmony Montgomery was murdered in Manchester in early of December of 2019, New Hampshire attorney John Formella said. He added, while Harmony's remains have not yet been located, we do have multiple sources of investigative information, including just recently confirmed biological evidence that have led us to this difficult and tragic conclusion. So I don't believe that it's been publicly confirmed, but I am led to believe that this has something to do with the confiscation of a fridge that was in an old apartment of the father's, the place that he was living in 2019. Oh, was she in the fridge? No, because they still have no body. Oh. So basically in like June of 2022, this year, there was a big seizure of items from this apartment where another person was now living. And they were, as far as I know, the people who were now living there are not connected to this in any way. And they just, they were complying but a bunch of items were seized from the property, including this fridge. And whether it was that fridge or something else they took, the timeline would add up that it was accurate for DNA testing. So they must have been able to swab that there was blood, like, you know, a lot of something. And so they're basically saying that most likely she she was murdered. He probably just was like, hi, and was just like, stop screaming for food. Bang. Yeah, I mean, he definitely was already violent with this little tiny girl. So it's not at all wild to he needs a man to like 
come, you know, pick on your own size. He needs to go to prison. I mean, he, he is. <laughs> he is. And just like have a man beat the shit out of him. See how that feels. He, I'm sure he'll be in plenty of fights. I'm going to assume he's not getting out of jail. Ever no, again. I hope the prisoners find out because don't they fuck you up in prison if they find out that you messed up with a child? Usually that's at least the stereotype. And again, we don't condone like yeah, prison I don't condone rape or anything, but no. it's most likely going to be he's going to be in physical fights. But, you know, again, hey. he's adult, adult men, adult men. At least. Don't beat up a child, maybe. Yeah. So while we're incredibly sad to know that she's most likely gone, I personally feel thankful that she's not being trafficked somewhere. Yeah. So just so much love out to her and her loved ones. And we're really sorry about that. But we're glad that the father at least is off the streets. Teal Swan. Teal Swan, breathe in and breathe out through your pussy holes. All right. I wish I wish that was what she did. I think that would be a lot more beneficial to everybody. Oh, Tilly, 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 Tilly. This beautiful black-haired, blue-eyed woman. Since we did that series, she has become quite the hot topic of 2022 spring. Not because of us, but... I think because of us. I mean, because of us. Not the docuseries that they spent the last couple of years making. It's definitely our episodes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, no, it's coincidentally the docuseries The Deep End came out on Hulu right after we did this episode. That was just kismet. We watched it on an LPN stream at one point. It was very silly. Oh, that was fun. We all had a little drinking time together. Yes. You know, it was basically what I expected. It was... Unfortunately, she can't stop, won't stop. This is her. She's always going to do this as far as I can tell, which, you know, we're expecting that. She continues to deny that she's hurt so many people. People continue to go to her as she is an alien goddess reincarnated Jesus. I mean, that sounds cool. It does. And I know at least one of our listeners said that they just recently heard people at a food co-op discussing how teal is actually a good thing. (laughs) So it's insidious because you look at this woman who speaks directly to you Mm -hmm. and they have a thing with their voice that is just slow and steady and just like this. And then so you're like, oh, this is cool. You know, especially a woman doing it. You're like rock and roll. But Mm -hmm. then you get into it and you're like, this bitch is crazy. Yeah. (laughs) And sorry to whoever that was on Twitter. I didn't grab your handle. I apologize. But, you know, Teal's going to Teal. Teal loves Teal and Teal speaks Teal truths. I'm honestly kind of jealous. I want to live in Costa Rica and have a commune. Well, you got to start talking in circles. Our collective's truths are not her truth. So she's Teal and we are not. If you burrow down to the center of truth, it's a ball of light radiating outward. What if you're not in one of those rays? What if, instead of something being a lie, you're just in the shadow of one of the light rays of truth? Oh, holy shit. Get it? I feel like I'm on drugs listening to that. (laughs) Well, you just got to start weaving stuff together. That's it. It's so easy to do a cult. I mean, you don't even have to feed them that much because part of a manipulation is being hungry all the time. So you don't have to feed them that much. You don't have to take care of them. You just talk to them with lies. You need a big field and you need a dunking pool. I think that's usually my cult's gonna have a dunk tank, and like gonna... a, like one that they throw stuff at. Yeah, I've, I've done that before. I forget what I said, but I was just like, "I hate you, you stinky man." <laughs> they would dunk me. Oh, so you could do like a carnival themed cult? Yeah, cool. I'll help you. I'll do fire stuff. That'd be great. All right, sweet. Now, please enjoy this meme of Shiva wearing silly glasses that says, "Transcend my chi on a Monday." Lol. Bonnie Drain, Will Inkelberger, and Brenda Carroll. Well, 
We did a look into the many missing and exploited people of America's Appalachia, which feels like a long time ago. It feels like five years ago. What it, that it was, was this season. It was just a few months ago, really. Wow. Yeah. And Appalachia. I still want to visit Appalachia. I mean, I used to live kind of around there, but I want to go and like camp or something. Into the actual yeah. foresty part and, of like, it. And like meet a skinwalker, you know, do the whole thing. Okay. Well, we just got it. You got to drop a pin. Okay. <laughs> got to drop a pin and let people know where you are. I just bet it's so beautiful. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you look at just nature footage of those parts of Appalachia and growing up in Pittsburgh I was near a lot of it and it is absolutely gorgeous I appreciate it a lot more now that I don't live in Pennsylvania right but yeah beautiful it's very lush yes it's old it's some of the oldest mountain range in the world which I don't understand how that is because the earth is the earth but whatever yeah they came out later I guess they got popped up pushed up the tits of the earth the tits of the earth beautiful tits of the earth but Unfortunately, those tits are rich with different sorts of oils and coals that rich people want. And then they take poor people and go, get in that cave. Yeah. And give you $10. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. And so because of that, it became um, a place where people didn't have a lot and got addicted to drugs. And it causes a lot of people to have pain and suffering. And then a lot of people go missing. Right. Especially also because it's all forested, which is it's really easy. To get Ooh, lost. really easy. So those are three people who were in a town in Appalachia. They weren't in the forest, but they disappeared in early 2018 and three entire whole people who were, knew each other and more acquainted and at times lived with each other. And they all disappeared at the same time. And there's just really no sign of what happened to them. So there was some searching, but because they were addicts and very low income, they were sort of brushed off, like yeah. brushed to the side. They deserved to be missing. Or they just went, oh, I'm sure they're just out doing drugs. Yeah. Sadly, there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of updates since we reported it was already an older case. There is the man who was known to them who had been already arrested on separate charges. His name is Jeremy Harden, went by a big country. Big country. <laughs> yeah. And he's already facing a life sentence for another murder currently. But there is some speculation that he had something to do with their disappearance. That is still ongoing currently. He's still in the middle of those charges. So we're just going to have to keep watching that and seeing if anything comes forward. You know, hopefully he'll be willing to talk, even if it's a plea deal kind of thing, to have the families get some closure for their loved ones. So we'll keep looking in. Checking. Yeah. Who would have thought a man named Big Country? Not a good dude. Big Country? I know you'd think. No. What about Big City? Big City. Um, Do you think they'd be a nice person? I think that they would be very busy. <laughs> Too busy to kill. That's Too for sure. Too busy to kill. Summer Wells. Little baby girl. Poor baby Summer. That one's just so fucking sad. Not that any of them aren't, obviously, but 
we did a big old deep dive into this. I say our poor baby summer because those of us who have been following the case and care about her, I say we officially call her our baby because her sad sack parents didn't do a very good job at parenting. No. This year, there have been growing sexual assault claims against her father, who is currently in jail for a DUI. This is a long and winding story that started out with Summer's mother saying that she turned her head for five seconds and Summer disappeared and they live in an Appalachian part of the country where it's very wooded, it's very rural, and their property, which is a very makeshift kind of shacky mm -hmm. place, is surrounded by trees on all sides. However, their story is kind of shady and shaky at best. And, and then there was that video of her in the swimming hole. Yes. Yeah, so with the twisted tea. Yes, the twisted tea. So there's a whole timeline of events of things that happened leading up to the time that her mother claims she disappeared after she turned her head for five seconds. There's basically no way that that's true. Maybe if it, it really was a missing case, the mother was a little bit more negligent than she's claiming and was not paying attention at all. But regardless, you know, her parents are scummy. They're not good people. Her father is currently in jail. He's about to be released at the end of October. He and his semi-estranged wife, the mother of Summer, have also, in this meantime, lost their other three children to CPS. Whoa. Partly because of probably drug issues, but also their house was very unsafe. If you'll recall, we had videos of this like weird sub-basement that they crawl under a cabinet to get to Summer's bedroom, which is connected to theirs. And her father already had so many sexual assault charges against him. It's really disturbing to think that this little girl like basically slept in their bedroom in this dark little cave. Mm -mm. So... Does that mean that they did this to the little girl? No, that's not enough to say that they were the ones who caused the disappearance. But they're sketchy, and so it's not out of the realm of possibilities. So you can go back and listen to that coverage if you want more details. There's a lot in that story. While there doesn't seem to be a ton of movement with law enforcement, there is another independent source who's just taken her case on. I think we briefly discussed uh, a couple episodes ago the group Adventures with Purpose, they're a team of divers who go help try to find missing people, essentially. And they were the ones who managed to find Kylie Rodney and her car within an hour in the lake. Oh, the right. cops couldn't. And the cops are like, you don't got to go look. Yeah. And they found it immediately. Yeah. So it's not those exact guys, but it's another guy who has a following like them. He goes by exploring with Nug. He's covering her. He has half a million followers and he also does dives and stuff. While it's unlikely that Summer's in the water, he does offer other sorts of assistance. And while I have a huge issue with people, especially YouTubers and, you know, random independent people just showing up at crime scenes and like trying to be detectives. Yeah, because you could taint the scene. Yeah. And just, you know, Summer had a bunch of these really kind of erratic YouTubers coming in and like trying to break into the Summer's house and like all this stuff. It's just like that's not helpful but if it's somebody who has professional skills, who's from afar trying to keep the person's name in the news, that can be incredibly helpful. So I'm glad that there are people still online who are pushing for this and not letting this go because clearly something happened to her. And we can't just go 
oh, well, that sucks, you know, so that's great. And also Chris with the interview room continues to do live streams with Summer's aunts and cousins. And he's a retired detective. He does a lot of work. We talked about him a lot on that series. And, you know, he does a lot of long live streams. And I really appreciate what he talks about, but I do have to speed it up to 1.5 because he's older and he talks really slow. Oh, retired detective sounds kind of hot, though. Do you think, is he cute? He's like 70. Oh, right. (laughs) No, no, he'd come and and mushroom spores has come. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, that was really mean. No, no. You know, (laughs) hey, if he was, I think he's married, but, you know, he he might, if otherwise, I'd say go get a date. Yeah, but for what it's worth, those streams are very enlightening. Some of the women who actually have opened a case against her father for the sexual assault, he assaulted them when they were kids. And for what it's worth, they believe that he might have sold her for drugs (gasps) because he's an addict. He's always been. He lies about it all the time. And partially why they think they believe that is because they witnessed him attempt to sell his older children. Holy shit. Back in the day, which we talked about on the episode, but go back to that. But his family thinks that it's quite possible that he sold her. He absolutely sold her for drugs. If he's already tried to do it, yeah, and she's a pretty little girl, she would make a lot of money on the dark market. I mean, it's a huge conspiracy theory online. Again, not really evidence, but his family witnessed him. I witnessed him on a street corner attempting to sell his older children when they were kids for drugs. Wow. I love just selling a human life for drugs. Like, what's next? Just like, I want to sell me and get like a blow pop scratch off ticket. Uh, You're worth so many blow pops. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, it's not that uncommon, which is why when kids go missing, you have to be really concerned with trafficking, not just saying Tom Hanks came and stole her, but actual people can do these sorts of things, especially if they're addicts. Yeah. Familial trafficking is really common. Yeah. There have been cases where like whole shed of people were found. Sure. That were just like humans that were being trafficked and then cops busted it. That's crazy that there's this whole seedy underbelly. Yeah, go back and listen to our familial trafficking episodes as well. They're uh, enlightening, I guess, or darkening. And darkening. Terry Smith and Sherry Papini. Oh, this this couple, this power couple. <laughs> well, Terry Smith is, I wouldn't even put Terry and Smith as a power couple with Sherry Papini. It's very unfair to her because Sherry Papini kind of stole her personality a little bit. So Terry Smith is an older cold case that we covered due to Sherry Papini making her fake kidnapping claim. As many of you probably have heard, she's been on a lot of news, a lot of headlines. Sherry Papini basically decided one day she was going to pretend to be kidnapped and it's not clear why exactly, but it seems like probably for attention. Yeah. You go back and there's all these other issues of she's clearly got some mental health. She's hot, though. She's sexy, man. Well, she's little and blonde. Yeah, I'd give her a 10. You know what I mean? I would never want to marry her. She's not my type. No. No way, man. That's another case of just like so hot, but just insane. Not worth it. Go for the ugly girl that's normal. She's not my type. I don't even think she's that hot, to be honest. But I get why people say that. I understand. Intellectually, I understand. Yeah. But there's a long trail of her clearly displaying mental health issues for a long time. Because of how long Terry Smith's case has been unsolved, it's been over 20 years, there hasn't been any movement in her story since we reported on it, except that we know, as we said on that episode, that the karate instructor that was sexually (laughs) abusing her... 
and was the last person to see her, is still a free man. Cool. And he works at his dad's pawn shop to this day. And I hope every day of his life sucks because he probably had something to do with her disappearance. Yes, I can totally see me like accidentally going on a Tinder date with this kind of guy. It's like, what's up with you? I'm a karate instructor. Yeah. And I work at my dad's shop. And I just kind of like live there and crash. Well, don't. Yeah. I mean, that's I think that's basically what he's doing. It seems like his dad is protecting him, which we see a lot in these things. Yeah. He's gotten away with everything his whole life. Blah, blah, blah. He sucks. Even if he didn't do it, everything about him, he already has a terrible backstory. He's a karate instructor. No, but he's also done crimes and stuff. Or he's he's got Mm -hmm. other shit going on. He's bad. But he's a daddy's little sweet boy. Yeah, he's daddy's little sweet boy. Very sad for Terry Smith and her family. Sherry however, has finally been sentenced, actually, since we did the episode. Sherry Papini, the California woman who pleaded guilty to faking her own kidnapping and lying about it to the FBI, should be sentenced to eight months in prison, prosecutors say. A lesser sentence, such as one month of imprisonment recommended by probation or home detention in lieu of incarceration, is not sufficient to achieve the purposes of sentencing. Prosecutors wrote in a sentencing memorandum filed Monday in the U.S. District Court for Eastern California. They also recommended three years of supervised release after time served. Papini pleaded guilty in April to two counts of a 35-count indictment admitting to mail fraud and lying to a law enforcement officer. Hmm. So at first they were asking for eight months and then the judge actually upped it and added another 10 months to that. So he ended up making it 18 months. The judge took one look at her and was like, no, ma'am. Well, I think it was a matter of pride over anything else, to be honest. But the article basically goes on to say that the sentence is not because of the fact she lied about the kidnapping. It was the aftermath because, for one, she was accusing two mysterious Hispanic women of kidnapping her when she was found. Yeah. And she seemingly didn't care about whether or not that would put innocent Hispanic people in jail. She actually seemed, based on some of her older social media footprints, had a weird thing against Hispanic people. Yeah, she had like some pro-Hitler stuff, right? Yeah. Cool, great lady. Yeah. So that in itself, what a bitch. Um, But also... The fact she wasted so many resources in the initial search for her. And then afterwards, she was collecting like survivors funds. Yeah, it's almost like like people that like Hitler are crazy. Almost. Have you ever put that theory to paper? Wow. Yeah. So (laughs) that's like those guys. They always want to date a girl. You know, those online guys like I want a girlfriend that's based Based, babe. I'm like, you want this? You want this? She's fucking gnarly, dude. Well, good luck. I guess they love a crazy challenge. And, you know, she does come across as one of those trad wife ladies. Like she has that like the image, the whole family image thing was very much online. They were an online family of just being like, oh, look how perfect they are in the front of the little tree. You remember we were looking at those pictures. Yeah. But she had obviously some stuff going on in there. And it's not an excuse. She's definitely mentally ill and she deserves jail time. I think it's fitting that she does that. Though it certainly won't help whatever crazy shit is going on in her noggin. Do you think she's going to like survive prison and just be the top badass babe? I think my guess is that she's just going to be very quietly doing her time. I don't think she is going to act out. She seems like she goes through these phases just based on her past history with her family where she like goes into these like little what's it called sleeper cell times. And then suddenly she does something really off the wall. 
But I don't know what's wrong with her. If you go back, she's displayed troubling mental issues from a very young age that simply (laughs) her reps after the court case was done were like, she's seen the error of her ways and she's a changed woman. She said she's sorry. It's like you don't just change your mind if you do something that wild. There's some stuff that needs rearranged. You know what I mean? Like she needs somebody to go in like. Tighten some screws or something. But I said I was sorry. Yeah. And it's just it's the idea that like, oh, she didn't realize what she was doing was bad. And now she feels really bad about it. God, I had an an ex. His sister was kind of like that. Like she would always do something and then be like, I'm sorry. And like people would forgive her. And I I was never raised like that. So it's like, what? Why is your sister doing that? And he's like, Amber, she said she was sorry. And I was like, this is it. She's fucking she's like slamming the door. She just slammed the door if you told her not to. And she said, I'm sorry you feel this way. I'm sorry you feel like that. I digress. Just very, kind of like this, like very pretty and very much just raised and like, oh, sweet little sweetheart. Yeah. And who knows what her childhood was like. There's some speculation that her dad was like abusive, but we don't really know. I mean, this is completely not important to the story. They called the cops on her, right? But she was young. Her own family? Yes. Yeah. She had the cops called on her by her family before. Wow. So, you know, stuff's going on. But she does deserve to do jail time just based on the fact that she put so many people's lives in jeopardy, basically. And, you know, hopefully when she gets out, she'll receive some counseling of some sort. As far as I know, her husband, who initially believed her and defended her in the media, has started a divorce in April after he realized that it was all fake. He started applying for the divorce. He's either completed it or he's still in the midst of it. This broken man. Does he need a woman to hug him? You could go find out. Okay. Yeah. You going to help raise her kids, though, because she... Doesn't have custody anymore. Oh, my God. And you know this kid's got a little hint of her in them. So, I mean, you just got to know that go again. But, yes, he has filed for full custody of the two children. As far as I know, that's going to stick. She obviously doesn't seem to be stable enough right now to have her kids in her life. But we'll see. She's going to do her time. She's probably going to come out perfectly healed. Yep. Um <laughs> Oh, Lord. I can see her doing like a knife fight in prison. She's got those eyes, you know? Maybe. You might have to just take her to a snapping place. But I could also see her just being very quiet and like she likes to look like a little bunny most of the time, you know? Oh, you guys, I'm sad. Yeah. We'll see. (laughs) Stacy Smart and Hilaria Marmilejo. So Stacy Smart is a woman from the same area as Sherry Papini, who credibly went missing at the same time as Sherry, but received a mere fraction of the coverage that Sherry got, presumably because Sherry was taking it all. And Stacy wasn't as an ideal uh, victim. She was poor. She was of Native heritage and she was closer to middle aged. So another reason that Sherry deserves time and the judge specifically said it is to also make an example of you that you can't just say shit like this because Stacy's family really could have used those resources that Sherry wasted to get attention. They were wasted. And those are the victims that get lost in the shuffle of something stupid like this. Like you see it and you go, oh, that sucks. But people maybe could like laugh it off like, oh, she's just crazy. You know, what harm does it actually do? I mean, this is the real harm that it actually does. It's like much how those college admission scandal kids Some people laugh it off and be, you know, oh, God, who cares? It's done like a crime. And it's like, well, you know, people like Lori Laughlin's daughter stole spots from underprivileged kids 
who were working themselves to the bone to get accepted into a good school. And they didn't get the spot because you're stupid little rich kid. Yeah. Just and went like, I don't know. It'd be fun to go to football games. Yeah. And didn't, wasn't her daughter on camera just being like, actually, I don't even really like school. And yeah. it was just like, honey, your mom went to prison for you. Yeah. Well, that was before she went to prison. That was when she oh. was telling people she was going to college. And I'm not even shitting on the daughter. I'm sorry for making fun of her. I, I'm not. Lori Laughlin is kind of. You know, the parents definitely were forcing this to happen for ego reasons. And it's mm. like, I've not heard them one time talk about the people that they fucked over by taking that spot away. And that's sort of how it feels with Sherry. Like, her family may have had more closure or may have had a better chance at finding what's happened to their mother if not for Sherry taking all of the police away and all of the detectives and all of the news people. Because those things, as we all know at this point, are very vital in the first 48 hours. You need that help. And they were off busy going, where's the tiny little woman? Where did she go? Oh, how are they going to have a photo this Christmas time to post on Facebook? Stacey Smart's family desperately needed that attention. So that little stunt may have cost her family any sort of resolution. I hope that's not the case. There's still a chance that they could find out what happened to her. While she hasn't been discovered as of October 2022, her boyfriend was always considered suspicious. And, you know, there's still more to be learned about what happened to her. So we'll have to keep checking back on Stacy Smart and hope that there will be some form of movement in the case. And then we have poor, poor, kind, pretty Hilaria Marmalejo, another woman who disappeared from Sherry's area, who didn't receive pretty much any media attention, not the same time as Sherry, but from the same area. She disappeared in the middle of the night in late August of 2016. She had two children who she, by all accounts, loved deeply and would not have abandoned. Her boyfriend has always been scrutinized, but there has been so little coverage of her and no one's ever been charged, partially maybe because it doesn't seem like most of her family speaks English. I wish that I knew more about her. We tried to find everything we could online and there's just so little other than people literally leaving comments under like the basic YouTube news coverage being like, I worked with her. She was the sweetest woman. I'm so sad. But nobody, as far as I know, has ever followed up about what happened to her. Wow. Just like gone. Holy shit. She's not. You know what? Ugh. That's why you got to have some social media presence. Get your photos taken, girls. That's what we've said. Make it look pretty as you can. You got to have a footprint. For whatever fucking reason, it puts people on the news more if you have cute pictures of yourself. Yeah. You got to do it. Sad lesson, but. Alexis Ware, Navia Zermeno, and Serenity Denard. Alexis Ware is in the middle of an ongoing search. She disappeared under very questionable circumstances when her car made some unexpected long-distance trips and was found abandoned rather far from her home. No signs of foul play other than her car just being abandoned on the side of the road were ever detected, and there have been no signs of her since February of 2022. Wow, she was the Uber driver, right? No, that is another one, but very similarly which I will mention with the other woman who you're speaking of, whose name is Ella Goody, their cars went long distances more so than they were commonly doing. Mm. And then they disappeared and like their cars were like left in a place that was like unusual, basically. So Alexis where it's not great news per se, but I guess it's sort of good news. Her story has been picked up by Dateline's new podcast, Missing in America, as well as Oxygen covering it. 
just within the fall of this year. Wow. So we are doing all this stuff and then people are picking it up. It's definitely our, us doing it. I think so. <laughs> I don't think so, but I think that's a nice thought. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, awareness is really, really great, but her family is hoping for the FBI to offer a reward for information. So Alexis is a beautiful woman and she had a bit of a social media following. She had people who are like really obsessed with her and her family is worried she had a stalker due to some ominous things she had said to her family in the days leading up to her disappearance. Her baby's father has also been scrutinized, though most people who know them don't believe he had anything to do with it. They'd done a baby exchange right before she went missing. And so there is a little bit of a connection, but it doesn't really seem like there's much to that story. And her family doesn't think he did anything, whatever the thing is. Hopefully with the exposure and the pressure, the FBI will want to put a reward together for information. But as it stands this was earlier this year, like I said, February of 2022, her car was found without any signs of like struggle. There was no blood or anything like that, but it was just left on the side of the road in a place that was very unusual. Ugh. And so she was last seen wearing a black bonnet, a black jacket with purple shirt, blue jeans and black Crocs. She has multiple tattoos and dimple piercings. She has a social media presence as well. If you want to look at her pictures, she has long black hair and brown eyes is about five, six and weighs around 215 pounds. If you have any kind of information, please contact Anderson County Sheriff's Office or Crime Stoppers. Sheriff's Office is 864-260-4405. So, yeah, that one's just still really fresh. And I'm glad that she's getting more, more coverage. But it's really frustrating because it doesn't make a whole lot of sense about what happened and why her car was making these long trips. Yeah. And the fact that there's no struggle means that she probably trusted somebody to come sit in there. Either that or it was at duress, like gunpoint or something. But oh. she had made some comments to her mother about calling somebody the devil and that she was scared she wasn't going to live to see her 30th birthday. Some strange things that there was a blocked number that kept calling her. Her mother only got these drips and drops because she didn't know her daughter was going to disappear. So, wow. You know what? Tell people everything. Be a, be a loud mouth. Yeah. Like this number keeps calling me, you know, pick up and be like, who the fuck are you? Yeah. Make yourself a problem. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably a good piece of advice. Be as loud as you can. Yeah. Truly. So Nevia Zermano was just a baby when she disappeared from Las Vegas. When I say a baby, I mean she was seven, now probably eight. This is one of the ones that had so little information. And when we were talking about Alexis Ware and Navia and this next girl, it was an episode we did. It was like we wanted to cover some people we didn't have time to do a lot of research on. So it was a three part one episode of people that we really wanted to talk about but hadn't had the weeks of advanced research on it. And so this is the baby from North Las Vegas. It's really perplexing because this missing alert went out with very little information. And there are people, independent sources mostly, who have kept bringing her up. And there is just no more context to what's happening. There was no Amber Alert. And there was the notice that she could have been with a man and a woman. But it wasn't spoken of as a custody dispute. So it's possible, but there was no notice of why or what was happening. And a lot of times when I am doing searches, I'll go to people's social media, I'll look for the family speaking, and there just isn't anything from her family. They're just cool with it. Or that she didn't really have a lot of family. You know, it could have been a situation where there wasn't a lot of people looking out for her. 
So mostly now the independent sources, they keep bringing her name up, but saying they were really just troubled because of the lack of information. So there were no mainstream sources that I could find covering her at all, like as far as video news. So if anyone knows anything about her, please let us know at someplace underneath at gmail.com. Or, of course, if you know anything about the actual disappearance, please call North Las Vegas police. That's scary, because if you see a kid with two parents, I would just assume they're the parents. I would never be like, they're being trafficked. Yeah, I mean, it's difficult. And we don't even know. It could have been a custody issue. It could have been one of her parents running off with her. But there's been no explanation and no closure. You know, it's another thing if it was just like done. But usually, if that's the case, there's usually a note saying... You know, she was found and they're dealing yeah. with it or whatever. Wow. So far, no closure, Natalie. Yeah. I mean, there's been updates with some of these people. But yeah, it's just sometimes whenever we do these updates, it's really about checking in and making sure their names don't get lost. Yeah. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and... Producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The last one from this episode was Serenity Denard. We actually did an update from her a couple weeks after we did this episode because somebody reached out to us who worked at the facility where this little girl was staying and gave us some more insight into the situation. She basically ran out of her children's home into the woods and it was just a moment of time where there was people who worked there who were watching a small group of kids. They turned their back because one of the other kids was having a problem and she darted out. She had an issue with running away. She was going through a lot of traumatic things and they were trying to work through it. And it's most likely because of how secluded it was. Basically, a ghost town was where this place was, but it gave these kids a wide swath of land to like sort of yeah. heal and like be free and have fun and play to go play but because it is that way it's most likely that she ran into the woods and got lost maybe she got adopted by a wolf pack and maybe she's like you know the like um what's that movie jungle book i little girl i hope so that'd be nice i'd, I'd like to think so it is very unlikely that she was taken or kidnapped and while that's really sad and she is still considered a missing person, it's not super likely that she is still on this coil. Mm. But this woman who reached out about her loved her very much and still keeps a picture of her in her wallet. And so I thought it would just be good to bring her up again and say we're so sorry to her loved ones and that she's probably not suffering. John Barnes. Oh, it feels like so long ago. And yet just yesterday when we were discussing the case of John Barnes. I'm trying to remember this guy. Oh, you remember this fun guy? He's Louisiana. <gasps> yes, this piece of shit. I hope he rots in hell. Yeah. Oh, my God. Fuck this guy. Yeah. So he was the guy who committed statutory rape on a 16 year old named Crystal Abelseth. About 16, 17 years ago, at which point she got pregnant. And when that child that was conceived through rape turned 16, which was very recently, he demanded full custody of her and he got it. Wow. 
And then I was also forcing the mother to pay him child support. So the rape victim pays the rapist child support. What a lovely time. Oh, and it isn't so interesting that she was raped at 16 and now he gets his own daughter at 16. Louisiana, you're a crazy bitch. I, ooh, ha, ha. I both love and miss some things about Louisiana, but I also am so glad I got the fuck out of that state. Yeah, their laws are definitely... Um, Very antiquated. Upsetting. Yeah. <laughs> yes, which in antiquated means like women and anyone who's not white is yeah. pretty much fucked. So when we last left off, this gentleman and the mother, Krista Abelseth, were now in a legal battle, which Krista was only able to move forward on because of an advocate group that works like in the legal sector getting involved with the story once they heard about it and they went to the media with it for, you know, all of the critiques and anger that people have at media. Sometimes it's really important that, yeah. that they're there, which is one of the reasons you can't, you know, like try to shut down news sources. No, what did but, like a lot of people say? The media is not your friend or I forget the saying. It's sort of to me a little bit of a lazy way to say Sometimes people get stuff wrong or are trying to change a story intentionally. But just to say, like, the news is bad, that's a silly, childish thing to no, say. No, that that's consists of hundreds of thousands of people yeah, all separately doing their job. It, d- it also says to me, like, oh, you just want to go be a piece of shit and have no one call you out on it. Yes, correct. So Krista, because she was in this situation where suddenly this judge said, he has full custody now of this child and you also have to pay him. Had to go to the media. And so this advocacy group did this, helped her figure all of that shit out. And if not, it never would have been questioned. They just like had this daughter handed over to the guy. He's a good old boy. We call them good old boys. Yeah. So there is an update to the ongoing case. A judge ruled Friday that a Ponchatoula man accused of fathering a child in a 2005 rape cannot have any contact with a girl at all, even though he previously had custody. Instead, she will be placed in the full custody of guardians previously agreed upon by her father and mother. Okay, so the good news is that the father is now not allowed to have contact with her. Yes. During this case, like as in when we were covering just a couple months ago, the daughter was placed in a temporary custody with the third party custodians because of this ongoing thing. So they're basically like, we're just putting her here until we can figure the fuck out. Or what's yeah, going. she's going to turn 18 soon. Hopefully. Mm-hmm. Yes, she will. <laughs> yeah, uh, She's going to be great. Move to New York. Move so, to New York I know, like right? I did. She Please. needs to get out of Louisiana, obviously. So for reasons that we're not completely privy to uh, as the public, The new judge who just said that, you know, the father can't have any sort of contact decided that this daughter should remain with the custodians until her 18th birthday with a minimum of one weekend per month visitation with her mother and absolutely no contact with her bio father. The daughter says that she's happy with this. Isn't it all because the mother gave her daughter a phone? Well, you know, there were certain aspects of the original ruling that were just bananas I'm sure that we also don't have all of the information. Regardless, the father should not be in the picture. No, he should be in jail. Yeah, fuck that guy. There may be stuff going on with the mother, too. Just because she's correct in this doesn't mean that she might not also have issues. I don't know why that's the case, why she also lost custody of the daughter. I don't know if there's been like some weird other scandals that we don't know about. But basically, the daughter is in a safe home and away from the dad, which is great. Why your mom lost custody? Your guess is as good as mine. 
Last thing her attorney said after the case was decided. As for my client's custody and visitation, I didn't hear sufficient evidence that she should not have custody of her child or at least be working toward having custody. We are disappointed that the third party custodians have been granted sole custody on a permanent basis. Krista and I talk about the outcome and make a decision on appealing that part of the judgment. She's very happy that the child will no longer be subject to visitation with Mr. Barnes. So that's like a very strange lawyer sketch uh, response. Yeah. Because if it was like completely outrageous, I feel like the attorney would have been more like, this is unacceptable. This is, you know, we are going to fight this immediately. But this phrasing of there's not sufficient evidence and should be at least working towards custody makes me think that there's some other element that we don't know. Yeah. Um, I'm but, glad she's out of there. Yeah. That's what I'm thankful for. I mean, this John Barnes dude is never obviously going to have any sort of repercussions for this assault he did. I you know, he's that kind of guy that's like, it is grass in the field, play ball, yeah. you know, and just like goes to, but he's still going to like go hit on 16 year old girls. Yeah. I just hope that he's not, because according to Krista, he assaulted her, not just statutorily, but also like physically like attacked her. So I'm hoping that he is not doing that uh, anymore. Although Garbage. again, Krista says that the daughter said that she was assaulted by him. I don't know if there's anything to that. I think if there was, that there might be some more scrutiny on him right now. So maybe that's part of it that, like, the daughter said that wasn't true. I don't know. I don't know. No clue. But we're glad that she is not with that dude. And I hope that he sticks a fish up his own butthole. Yeah. Crystal Journey. There, unfortunately, has been little movement in the case of the New Orleans mother, Crystal Journey. As a review, she left for a concert with her ex-boyfriend in December of 2021, who her ex-boyfriend was known to be violent and especially with her. And she was never seen again. Um, Never get in the car with him. I know. It's a bummer. It's just like it's one of those things that we've all made these mistakes with people and the things you've done. You look back and go, I am so glad I got out of that situation safely because it was not safe. And why did I do that? But I did it, you know, and so I understand she did it and it was probably not the best idea. And all sometimes we can do is look back in retrospect. And unfortunately, in this case, again, we don't know that her ex-boyfriend did anything, but he was the last person to see her and he was already known to be violent. So it's not looking great. But the boyfriend has never been arrested or detained, which is very curious. Cool. It's now been nine months and her daughter is frustrated. She said to a news station in New Orleans last month, I really want closure to the point where whether it is good or bad, I just want to know something. How do you go on with life not knowing where your mom is? Honoré said, we do not know whether she is alive or dead. If she is trapped, we do not know nothing. I would be more at peace to know what happened and where she is than to not know anything at all, Honoré said. Journey is still considered a missing person. No arrests have been made at this time. Anyone with information on her whereabouts are urged to call 504-658-6050. That is scary. New Orleans is a scary place, man. I mean, I love it, and it is like a magical haunted place, Mm but, you know, if you get a little drunk, you go out, it could be very deadly. Yeah, and it's just unfortunate that in this case, it most likely was somebody that she knew. And regardless of whether or not she should have, she trusted him. Wow. So what have we learned from this episode so far? Trust no one. Be a loudmouth bitch. You can trust some people. I don't want to go full black pill on this. <laughs> I do think be a loudmouth bitch is a good 
Good yeah, idea. take lots of photos to put on your social media. Mm-hmm. Always drop pins and where you're going. Tell people where you're going. Check in with somebody, even if it's just on social media, even if you don't want to talk to anybody in person, tweet out stuff, not where you are every second publicly, but yeah. leave a trail for people. And you can trust people. And there's mostly good people out there. Yeah, you can trust people. You can trust people. All right. Ella Goody. This is another young mom. This is the other woman who had the car in the long traveling. Right. So Ella Goody was another young mom who went missing and her car made some mysterious stops, much like Alexis Ware. Local to Louisiana this time, however, whereas Alexis is based off South Carolina, Ella Goody was local to Louisiana and she was a rideshare driver. She picked up a man named Brandon Francisco who was the last person known to see her. And Mm. she had an acquaintance with him. So she was a rideshare driver, but at this time she was doing it sort of out of pocket, like off the books. Oh, right. Because you kind of develop some friendships or relationships and then you kind of just like go, I'll just use, you know. Just give me the money, I'll drive you. Yeah, which I get. So she was doing that for this guy and she had told her family she was doing like a long distance trip for this guy. So she technically did all the things right other than like, you know, this guy sucked, but I don't even know if she knew if he had a criminal record, but he does. He's a violent background. Ooh. So she went missing, right? Her family's looking for her, can't find her. Know that this much that she was with him because she did the right thing and told people. So he got picked up very shortly after this all the way over in Missouri. That's a far place. Yeah. And it wasn't because of her. It was he had an outstanding warrant. And so because it was multi-states and because all these elements were added and FBI got involved. And then very shortly after they picked him up, they found her car near him in Missouri. And it's really unlikely that she would also have just happened to have disappeared there. It's most likely that he did something to her and then stole her car. It's not a great sign. It's not to say she's necessarily gone or deceased, but... It's mostly looking like he must have done something to And he's her. not saying shit. No, and he he won't speak. Another one of those silent men, huh? Yeah. He's already in big trouble for stuff. It's not a great sign. He's already known to be violent. He actually had been charged with stabbing an ex-girlfriend almost <gasps> to death and had still gotten out of jail, which I get. Like, you can't just lock away every single person for their entire life because they did a crime, but... It was a violent crime and his sentence was probably too short, but it's been six months since this happened and she's just turned 34. So our family is, you know, just doing everything they can to keep her name out there and in the press. They're hoping that they can just keep, you know, her name out there because they still don't know what's gone, what's happened to her. They don't know. So far, like you said, he hasn't provided any more insight into what happened, but You have to hope that they have to keep pressing him, even if it means bargaining. Her family's obviously distraught at not knowing where she is today. She has two young children. They seem like such a loving, happy family. Anyone with information about Goody's whereabouts, please contact Louisiana State Police at 318-484-2194 or Scott Police Department at 337-233-3715. He's probably being silent because he knows if he did something, he's like, if I don't say anything then I'm going to get less of a sentence. I think so, but he's already facing pretty bad charges. And I think that they could also use a bargaining tool to him if he will let people know where she is, that 
he could get time off or time served or like even I don't know how like bargaining works, but he's already fucked. And so it's like almost just at the point where, dude, maybe he's waiting for them to offer that before he says something. Who knows? But hopefully they do. I feel like her family would prefer that he gets a slightly lighter sentence, even if it's decades, if they know where she is. Yeah. I can't imagine the pain that that is. Just to know? like put her, give her a proper burial. Or we don't know. Perhaps she's somewhere. Yeah. You know, maybe she's, she got trafficked. But to not know is obviously the worst. So let's hope that they find her. Lena Sardar Heel. So we covered this little baby just a bit over a month ago, two months ago, uh, like a month and a half. It's pretty recent. She went really frustratingly missing last year during the December holiday season. Her family lives in a community where many Afghan refugees reside, and that is in the middle of San Antonio, Texas. So she basically, as a recap, was right outside of her apartment in the middle of a complex, wasn't on the street. Mom walked away was very common. The kids played together. It was not by anything that I have read seeming to be a negligent thing. It yeah. seemed like a very normal parent thing where she turned around, expected her kid to be safe with all of the other people around in her little neighborhood. And she snapped, gone. And if you look at pictures of the compound, the playground is like in the middle of a thing. Like yeah. it, it's not like out on the street where anybody could see it. It's like protected by trees. Yeah. And you can go on our on Instagram and see the like aerial maps that we have. And I did a little bit of like circling about where it is compared to like other stuff in the compound and physically very safe. However, close by is a parking lot. And it seems like there's a chance one of the only chances because they have not been able to find any ring footage or anything of her anywhere that a car was in that lot waiting for someone, her specifically or anyone maybe, because a lot of these Afghani refugees are just coming over. And I think that if somebody was a sick person, they would see an opportunity where a lot of people might not have all of their paperwork done. They might be in the middle of like an interim or like a chaotic situation and that would be easier Maybe to take someone who wasn't necessarily, you know, all of their identity wasn't completely figured out yet in America. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people, again, were fleeing the country just the last couple of years. So it's very likely that somebody was in that lot that took her. But it's frustrating because of how fast it happened. And the family has received a pretty fair amount of love and attention, which is really great. But biases have also clouded this investigation people pointing fingers at the father because of his heritage and you know it's just really no evidence to suggest that he has been like boots on the ground every day searching like swamps crying talking to media and very emotional also to say that he would do something because he's from afghanistan is ridiculous no, and crazy. also he was like working with the u.s government like yeah. in the military he was an ally. It's just, it's ridiculous. To yeah, me. like, why? Why would he do that? And, like, where would she go? Like, it, it makes no sense to me. No, he brought them over here to protect them. Why would he immediately then have her kidnapped? Like, what, what are you even talking about? Yeah. So this is quite urgent because her family and the authorities believe that she may still be alive and no longer in Texas. <gasps> this is the most recent update that they've said. Now, that is a pretty wild statement to make without any further explanation, but that is what they are saying. Oh, my God. That's oh, I feel so bad because she's tiny. She's so little. It's curious. I don't know why they put that tidbit of information out there and then didn't further explain that. But they haven't released any sort of like car footage or anything like that. So for whatever reason, they feel like she may no longer be in Texas. 
There are not very many leads, but there was an extensive search done for this little girl and many volunteers helped, which is really good to see. But they searched the creeks. They searched all of the parks around the area. They followed tips all through the area and they found nothing of hers. They also used dogs. They never found her scent. Anything like that. She must have been picked up in, in a car. I mean, that's what it really seems like. Because cars, they go fast. It's right. And people are quick. You know, yeah. crimes can happen in the blink of an eye. Yeah. Like they used scent dogs and stuff and there was no trail of her leaving the compound. There was no scent of her in any of the fields and the creeks they wow. followed the tips on. So you can go anywhere. You can go to Mexico, California. God knows. I mean, um, which, you know, it's really urgent. And so it's really difficult because we don't even know her appearance is going to change over this year. But she was last seen in San Antonio right off of Fredericksburg Road. So she, she's been seen. Well, no, that. Oh, sorry. She was last seen at the playground. Sorry. She was wearing a red dress, a black jacket and black shoes. Her mother told the police that she left Lena playing at the playground for a very short time in the evening hours, which has been confirmed by other witnesses. And when she came back, her daughter was gone and nobody knew what happened because it was mostly little kids at that moment. Last December, Lena was four foot tall, which seems very tall to me. I'm not sure when I looked at the national average, because another element to this that is a little confusing, her family, who doesn't speak English, said that she was three. But when we discussed that on the episode, the child's age may be off or intentionally changed for safety reasons. Because experts are saying she's probably closer to five or six. Wow. And they're from a rural place in Afghanistan where you probably don't celebrate birthdays as much. It could be that. And it could also be to protect her identity because of the work her father did. It's really hard to say. But she's, you know, probably closer to five or six. She has a tan complexion, brown eyes and dark brown hair. She's so cute. We have photos up on our social media. It's incredibly sad. But now that she could be out of Texas, it's just like... You know, you, you got to like keep a half an eyeball peeled on any situation where a kid seems like scared or out of place or, you know, you can a lot of times get like a weird sixth sense about something when it seems off. Yeah. Trust your intuition. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times somebody told me that the Atlanta airport has like a hub for human trafficking. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what? Because I was about to fly out of there in, in like a week or so. And they're like, look around, look around. You see all these numbers and ads. And I was like, OK. And I go. And sure enough. It's ads that you wouldn't see unless you're looking for them, but there's numbers everywhere to call. There's also phone numbers pretty low down. So if a child is walking, the adults just look at like an ad for Pepsi, but the kid underneath sees like a, a number you can call for help. For help, right? Yeah. You'll see that a little bit more too in airport bathrooms now, which is gray or bus stations inside the stall, like places where there's like the only time that somebody might have privacy, they can jot a number down. Yeah. But yeah, I think most you know professionals and officials would say just call if you feel like something's off. It's better to be a Karen, be a Karen in that situation if you're worried about a child's safety. Again, it's not necessarily if you, you know, see two different races together. Yeah. That's necessarily that's maybe not the best thing. If you see a child who looks in distress or something looks wrong, it's better to call and have them investigate it than to have this opportunity to see a kid in need and, and then just go like, it's probably fine because that could change the kid's entire trajectory in their life. Yeah. So 
there's been more movement with the Mormon family with the mother's name's Ruby. That's really just sort of spiraling out right now. We brought her up in, I think, the third episode. It was a Mormon family blog that was very popular for the last like almost decade. And the oldest kids are becoming adults. And it, we're watching in real time whenever a parent has vlogged and exploited their family for money, you know, the consequences of that. And so the daughter is just first she made a comment that she was, you know, not speaking to her family. Now the same source. So this this one source who has been anonymous, but has basically told the truth about the family right before it's happened. They say there's somebody in the community that Ruby, the mother, has been more and more getting involved in this little group that she started with this other woman that we talked about to the point where she's like abandoning her kids at home. Ah. And CPS has been called to the house multiple times. The husband is somewhere no, nowhere to be found and their kids are no longer attending school. And this other woman who Ruby has been doing this connection thing with. Oh, is she a lesbian? Well, you know, we can't always speculate, but it is a strange relationship. And it seems like Jody. So the other woman's name is Jody. It seems like she might be living with Ruby now. Oh, my God. Whoa. They are eating each other out on the regular, leaving their daughters. Well, if they want to do that, that's cool. But then stop being a fucking hypocrite and also take care of your kids. Yeah. It just sounds like Ruby's having a bit of a spiral. And she's trying to offer like family advice with this other woman in this stupid group that they started but her entire family has isolated her out Damn. her husband has left her kids are starting to not talk to her this is all a consequence i think of thinking that you can just make money from exposing your children's private moments can't do that i will say it's got to be so hard to be a mother because you can never like sometimes i not spiral but i'll be like oh my god i like need to lay down I'm not feeling well today. Mm -hmm. I'm like mentally unwell. I need a walk, a lay down, privacy. You can't do that. Yeah. You got to keep pushing. Yeah. And like a dad possibly could. He could leave. Yeah. You know, we've seen that many times. They could just leave. You can't do that as a mom. It's a lot harder for sure. Yeah. Apparently Ruby is though. <laughs> she's I guess like so. Her kids there. But I think some of the kids are older. So it's like she's just making them be their parents now, which is great. She's like every day nonstop. I could, I would freak out. I would freak out. I'd be one of these moms you'd be talking about on here. Yeah. So there's that. And like I said earlier, we're going to give a little bit more to Zion Foster's GoFundMe. So hopefully they can keep looking for her. And then I also wanted to donate to this group that I somehow never heard of before, but it's called Uncovered. Hmm. I'm not sure how I've never heard of this really great sounding organization, but they uh, are basically people who are crowdsourcing cold cases. Wow. So they have a really good network set up of like resources and lists of people who are actively missing. Everything that I've read so far, I'm really thrilled with and I can't believe I haven't heard of them before. But because we've just covered so many different people and most of those people are listed on Uncovered's page, we're going to donate to them for that. So, yeah, that's the recap. And we have two more series left in the uh, season and then we'll be on our little break but we're going to do a lot of stuff in the interim too we'll be doing a lot of streaming and stuff like that probably some Q&A's probably some more lighthearted pitches yeah and we'll still be out there it's mostly like a mental health break yeah because if we keep doing this you know after like a year we would just be like in the next case yeah it's tough man not in comparison to any of the suffering that these families are going through but it's very taxing mentally <laughs> all day to, to write these scripts so I appreciate you guys letting us take breaks off and time off for our, 
our little little noggins. Yeah. But we'll be back. We're not done yet this season. And we'll be back with a new series next week. You can follow us at Someplace Underneath and me at the United Gene. Amber Smelson. We are saucy, pert, and greasy no matter what the fuck these bitches do. Be the a bitches, problem. Yeah. The bitches are the criminals and the other bitches are us being a problem to the criminals. Yeah. Don't let them take you down. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio... And producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Chapter 1. Wayfair welcomes you to the Waberhood. Our hero, Titus Burgess, ambled down the stylish street of an enchanting utopia. A woman waved from a chic lounger. Welcome to the Waverhood, she said, where Wafer helps everyone create a home they love. Titus stared in awe. Bohemian Boulevard, Trendsetter Terrace, Mid-Century Circle. Titus, hmm? you're reading the Wayfair catalog. Oh, you'll love Chapter 2. Wayfair's fast and free shipping saves a potluck. Wayfair, every style, every home.